And speaking of longevity, Farnsworth's Revenge is a sequel to My Inflatable Friend. There's My Inflatable Friend and then Rubber Babes. This one I have been promising to this group since 2007, and I have read it before. So we have a milestone today. Rollo Hemphill has a history with a life-size rubber doll he is dressed to look like a famous Hollywood star, Monica LaMonica. Now, in this third book, the rubber Monica has disappeared from crusty Hugo Farnsworth's yacht in Saint-Tropez. When Rollo goes looking for her, he finds himself in the Istanbul mansion of an eccentric Turk, retired General Ataboy Pasha. On a coat tree in the room, I found a smoking jacket in my size and a silk scarf. These togs were apparently the expected guest garb for dining. I had no sooner gotten the scarf to look just right as I admired myself in the mirror than a light knock on, at the door summoned me to dinner. As I answered the door, an approving look from Jeeves told me I'd done right by donning the supplied costume. He led me silently downstairs, down a, another long corridor lined with museum-quality knickknacks. He grandly threw open the door of the ballroom, which on first impression was full of invited guests. What's wrong with this picture? There was indeed an audible buzz in the room, giving the impression of hushed conversation in the excited crowd. This was an illusion, but I didn't pick up on it right away. I was too stunned by what I saw. The room was filled with women, beautiful women in gorgeous gowns. They were seated around a U-shaped banquet table with an ornate empty chair at its head. Presumably it was at a boy's seat of honor, but he had yet to make his appearance. It took me two heartbeats to realize that the women weren't moving at all. They were posed as if in active conversation in twos and threes around the table, but in their faces and their gestures, they were frozen as the apostles in Leonardo's Last Supper. Jeeves withdrew, and in scarcely another heartbeat, it dawned on me that I was the only living being in the room. They're dolls. But not just any dolls. Famous dolls. Jane Fonda as Barbarella. Ingrid Bergman as she looked the night she walked brazenly into Rick's. Sophia Loren, Gina Lola Brigida, Jean Moreau, Bar Brigitte Bardot, Madonna and Lady Gaga, a really expensive sister act. An ornately dressed concubine from the Han Dynasty. Whitney Houston and Halle Berry, chocolate, chocolate and mocha. Chris John Amanpour in safari gear. Sarah Palin looking oddly chummy with Rachel Maddow. <laughs> As I got closer to the table, I realized the sound effects were piped in. Movie set sound technicians call it walla when background actors mutter to each other to create a hubbub. The audio speakers were hidden in the flower arrangements. That's all it was, indistinct conversation, just loud enough to fill the lifeless emptiness of that overcrowded ballroom, to give the impression to a living observer that these waxy women were alive and enjoying themselves immensely. On a hunch, I counted them, 71. Sure enough, the chairs on either side of Attaboy's were also empty, one for me and one for guess who. And it all made sense, why I was there, why he wanted her so. 
He needed just one more. With Monica LaMonica's deathless replica seated at his right hand, he'd have his 72 virgins in this life. No doubt drawn from the fantasies he'd formed in wilder dreams, he'd possess them on his terms until he was too old to care about living at all. And as he grew older and began to wither, as his juices dried up and his skin turned to parchment, they'd seem to grow younger every day. If he was ever a fan, and who could doubt it now, he had to have her, and only her. At the head table, a pair of women who were supposedly enthralled with each other caught my attention. They looked like stars who'd stepped out of old movies. From her headdress and the jewels covering her chest, I recognized Liz Taylor as Cleopatra. Her partner was a lady who was ravishing without makeup, dressed in a simple flowing robe, as if she was a classic, classical statue come to life, stepped off the pediment of a Greek temple. As I couldn't help gazing at her, I felt a comradely hand on my shoulder. Hypatia of Alexandria, Attaboy said admiringly. No one knows what she looked like, of course, so I described her to the artist. The result is breathtaking, don't you think? <laughs> Amazing was all I could say. He bade me sit at his left hand as expected, and his uniform waitstaff began to serve immediately. He savored and swallowed a mouthful of oysters Rockefeller before he spoke again. Do you know about Hypatia? The last Greek philosopher during the Dark Ages, I replied, marshalling brain cells, not exercise since prep school. His wan smile told me he was amused at my ignorance. The insufficiency of your knowledge is not the fault of your Exeter education, he said, but because the system that produced you is immersed in the wrong-headed self-centeredness of Western culture. Apparently, a male student expressed a fondness for her probably in class, at least in front of witnesses. She reportedly pulled her soiled undergarment from beneath her robes and threw it at him in disgust. He leaned at me closer and chuckled. <laughs> it's an even better story and more in character, I think, if you imagine her rubbing it in his face. Pitiful boy, she must have exclaimed. You are in love with this? And he positively cackled. Colorful story, I said, and suddenly wished for something stronger to drink. <laughs> Thank you.